Another episode of the Harris Huddle, man. I am your host, Jalen Harris. I'm kicking it solo today. And yep, this is the 15th episode of the Harris Huddle. I'm glad to have y'all black back. Glad to have everybody listening. And wow, it is a snowstorm going across America right now. I am stuck in my apartment recording, giving y'all this podcast episode. So, I need y'all to do something for me. Ignore the work, ignore your lectures, listen to this podcast right now. So, we're going to kick it into our re- today with our recent news today. And it's some shallow, somber news. Former Pro Bowl receiver from, top, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and San Diego Chargers, Vincent Jackson, passed away yesterday at the age of 38. Uh, I wish my best to his family and friends, and I know the NFL world is hurting right now. It just, it seems like he was just in the league. Like, I mean, he was like yesterday, but it was a couple years ago. I think he retired after Mike Evans' first or second year in the league, but that was like 2015, 2016. Great player, great to watch it. Great to see him play. Great to see him play the game of football. Great person. The sheriff department even made him an honorary sheriff for their department. Great foundation. Just great overall person. Great human being. In other news, J.J. Watt was granted his release by the Houston Texans. This was a mutual release, and, and I'm going to go more into this in our, in our first topic of the day, but J.J. Watt was granted a release and open to free, he's open to free agency. Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka are set to meet are set to meet in the semifinals of the U.S. Open. Wow, this is going to be a showdown because the last time Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams played, Naomi Osaka won, and it was crazy. I think was at the time, I think it was, It might have been the time Naomi uh, Serena Williams broke her racket out of, like, frustration. But that is, is two greats. Uh, it's kind of the greatest player of ten- in tennis of all time to me. And one of the great is has – she has statements to say she's one of the greatest athletes of all time. She has 23 individual world, individual titles in tennis. And tennis is not team sports. More, it's more titles than any man, any – and I think she's like one or two more away from being the only, being the highest in women, which is crazy. But I'm looking forward to seeing that on Wednesday. I think at 2 p.m. You guys check that out. Two great players. Naomi Osaka is one of is I think is the number one women's tennis player in the world or in top five. She's really great. Now Anthony Davis injures his injures his uh injured, his calf injury or reactivates his Achilles injury and. And has a calf strain at the MRI yesterday. Good God, I'm getting off to a rough start. But, <laughs> but yeah, Anthony Davis uh, strains his calf and reaggravates his Achilles issue. I think he has tendinosis or tendinitis in his Achilles. And that's really scary, man, because you have to take Achilles injuries really serious as an NBA player. Because if you tear it, you're gone for probably about a year and a half. And Anthony Davis is surely going to be missed on, going to be needed on this Lakers title run from this season and they need him to just take it easy you probably won't see him back into the all-star break Lakers fans now in other news Michael Jordan donates 10 million dollars to build two medical clinics in his hometown of Wilmington North Carolina you got tippy captain MJ he's giving a lot of money to great organizations he just started his own NASCAR team giving giving money to 
to Black Lives Matter. He's just giving back to his community, man. It's great, great to see Michael Jordan do that. And I'm proud of it, proud of it and I'm happy for it. Look, as you know, we need medical clinics. We need more medical infrastructure to help Americans just help these help these cities and help these towns out. <clears throat> As after that, we're going to get into our first topic of the day. Houston, we have a problem. Now, this episode, I really did only have maybe one, I'll say a half a topic where it's like I picked that. My first two, my first probably only topics are fan or friend related submitted topics. And if you haven't, if you want to be able to do that, go to my social media at, um, at Harris Huddle on Instagram and at Huddle Harris on Twitter. That is, I think it's an underscore or underscore Harris Huddle on Instagram and at Harris at Huddle Harris on Twitter. I, I, I ask topics. I submit polls on what you would like to hear. I do suggestions. I really, I try to implement everything I, like everything fans want in a podcast episode, I try to implement it. So if you guys want this, if you guys want Tom Brady episodes for 20 minutes, I'll do it. But, (laughs) but it's just, it's kind of a fan related thing. I want it to be a mutual thing to get more, see what listeners want to hear, talk about what listeners want to hear instead of me just picking it because I can't watch everything. I don't know what you guys want to hear, but anyway. We're moving on. Houston has a problem. A mega one. Like I just said, J.J. Watt was just granted his release mutually by, by the Texans. And I think what well, people don't understand, I would say, or they don't really think of, J.J. Watt was probably going to be a cap casualty anyway. His last year of his contract was $17 million without any guaranteed money. So when I say that, guaranteed money is like the money you it's, it's kind of <laughs> common sense. It's the money you're going to get no matter what in your contract that year. It's that guaranteed money. That's really the most important part of NFL contracts. You see you see all these big contracts like for Patrick Mahomes, you see half a billion dollars, but the guarantee the guarantees are which is are what are important. He has like probably 130, 150 million dollars in guarantees, which is amazing. Or maybe even 200 million. But that's the main part of these NFL contracts is the guaranteed money. Now the team it's going to cut you like if they don't owe you any guaranteed money. And that's really the back half of these deals in the NFL. They, they don't really have a lot of guaranteed money, so the team can just cut you if they want. So, little info on J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt was three-time defensive player of the year, multiple-time all-pro, all pro, probably multiple-time pro bowl. I don't have the stat. I mean, the exact numbers in my head. But J.J. Watt is one of the best defensive players of all time. That's how great he is. Now, these past couple years, he has been hurt, broken leg, multiple back injuries, hand injuries, leg injuries. Like, it's it's ridiculous, JJ, what JJ Watt has been through. But he's getting older now, and of course, he he hasn't had that same production, but he is still a great defensive end in, in the National Football League. And he wanted out, and the Tex- Texans gave him that, ironically. <laughs> but... Watts free agent free agent locations are possibly the Green Bay Packers. He has a home or a log cabin there. <laughs> well, he has a good home in in Wisconsin. That's his hometown or home state. The Chicago Bears, his wife plays professionally there. The Pittsburgh Steelers, his other two brothers, Derek Watt and TJ Watt, play for the Steelers. And JJ Watt has a lot, a lot of options depending on how much he wants to command for his salary. Because if you think about it, if he wants to play for the minimum that a vet can make, or maybe he wants to make a little chump change. It all depends. But he probably wants to go play for a contender. He doesn't want to rebuild again. But 
which is why that I mentioned the teams I mentioned, except the Bears. They kind of look trash right now. They need to find a quarterback. Maybe Wentz is their guy, but um, Watt probably wants to go to either a place that he's like familiar with, like the Packers or Steelers. Those they're rebuilding teams. I'm gonna go. People have been mentioning Tampa Bay. I don't. I mean, it all. I can see that, but I don't know. I feel like JJ Watt probably pick family over. Tom over playing in Tom, uh, Tampa Bay, but that's just me. I don't know, and it, it all depends because a lot of things go into it. JJ Watt was a four, is a three down player in Houston in his younger years. Now, I mean, teams might be willing to like rotate him or play him on third downs to get the most out of him because you don't want JJ Watt to build up these injuries like he's taking the hits off playing all three downs, playing multiple positions. You just don't want him to take that punishment. You want to maximize his pass rush, maximize his his worth for the team. Now, this leads me to go on to discuss the Deshaun Watson situation. The star QB of the Houston Texans wants a trade out of Houston. Management has betrayed him for several years, going back to Bill O'Brien trading DeAndre Hopkins, Matt, Bill O'Brien trained uh, Jadavion Clowney, various other players being traded from Houston and depleting their roster. Now, Jack Easterby has really caused it to boil over. I really don't know what Jack Easterby is. Chaplain, president of team operations now. I don't know how that happens. How do you go from a chaplain to president of team operations and calling agents? But that is another story. Okay, Jack Easterby. But the main part is Deshaun Watson wants out. This will be the biggest trade in NFL history. It's never a time where you have a, what, I think Deshaun wants to maybe 26, 27, and he wants out. Young player, pro bowler. He just led the, he led the league in passing this year. Dabo Sweeney called him the Michael Jordan of quarterbacks. That That's, that's amazing. This is going to be the biggest trade in NFL history. Bigger than um, the Cowboys trade training Herschel Walker for all those picks. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be that amount of picks, but it's going to be a big. You don't trade star QBs. You don't trade franchise QBs. But the Houston Texans have made it reality because they they mismanage everything. They mismanage everything, and it's it's a travesty that Deshaun Watson has to go through that. It's a travesty. Now, the Houston Texans ownership and GM Nick Casario are really holding down on not trading Watson, but Deshaun Watson isn't backing down. And I really think, ooh, this go, it might turn ugly before Deshaun Watson can get out of there. He really might have to consider like losing 20 to $30 million and, and, um, and not playing for the Houston Texans this year. Now, I'm going to go with the landing spots. As, as you can see, if you're a sports NFL fan, Every team is probably, except Patrick Mahomes, Russ, Brady, um, Josh Allen, are probably really clamoring for Deshaun Watson. Now, a lot of teams can't do that because a lot of teams don't have the picks, the players, or the money to just trade for Deshaun Watson, or, or they just love their quarterback. But my personal, or like probably preferred landing spots, is um, the 49ers because they can give a defensive player. I heard I saw a report about they them wanting a defensive starter in in exchange for, for first round picks. They can give a Nick Bosa or a Reek Armstead and the number twelve overall pick to the uh, Texans just to 
just to really sweeten that deal, maybe. Not both of those players, but just one of one of the players. The New York Jets. I really think this is probably Watson's real option because you have you have the second overall pick. Multiple. They have two first-round picks. I think probably two twos, maybe two next year. If I'm if I'm uh if I'm thinking right. So that's the Jets have probably the most firepower to get it done, and they have like an upcoming roster with Robert. I mean, not upcoming roster, a good good management with Robert Sala as a head coach, and um, their GM's pretty good. He seems like pretty genuine and wanted to improve the roster. He hasn't done anything rash to me. I kind of like the the way that he's drafting, the way he's his his influence, and kind of way the team wants to run is going. Now my third team, this is gonna shock y'all. I say the Eagles. I saw I saw a Twitter post saying that the Texans checked in with the Eagles on Carson Wentz, or it was vice versa. Hey, it's possible because think about it. You get Carson Wentz back. That's a quarterback. Now uh, Carson Wentz haters. Hey, I'm not a hater. I'm not a supporter, but that is a quarterback. You can you can make do with what that with with him. Carson Wentz for Deshaun Watson. I mean, you're not too trash, but you gotta <laughs> you gotta build upon Wentz. But I think that's a dark horse to me because their money is kind is the same. Well, it's a cheaper deal for for the Texans for Deshaun Watson. But Carson Wentz has huge money. You can get the six overall pick to like maybe I don't know draft a backup or if not. <laughs> I don't know to to draft a skill position player to help Carson Wentz in the in the, uh, in Houston, or maybe draft offensive lineman, tight end. You got Kyle Pitts. You can do anything. You get that. Give them six overall pick. Give them Carson Wentz, and the Eagles have that quarterback for the next ten to twelve years. Sounds like good deal to me. I mean, if, if the Houston Texans have to accept that Deshaun Watson is not going to be their quarterback, and they have to really cut cut down and really focus on teams that they can do it and just get through the situation and just move on because you have wronged him. You owe him that right. Now, my preferred, these are my three teams, like I just said, Niners, Jets, Eagles, for multiple reasons. Now, hit me if you have other teams that you like, that you uh, would want to suggest. Hit my social media, hit anything because I like to discuss it. I like the, I like trade topics. I like the offseason. I like discussing the draft. Just uh, at my social medias. Now, I have seen Watson preferring the 49ers or the Broncos. That's it. I mean, it's coming out. Bleacher Report has reported that. But I think the 49ers could be the most only, like, feasible place out of those two preferred destinations because, the, like I said, the defensive players. I don't think the Broncos have the bad picks. You probably have to give them four picks. I don't think they really have the players to, like, garner trade interest. To like, hey, this will do the deal. Maybe throw Von Miller in there. Maybe Bradley Chubb. Who knows? But <laughs> yeah, I gotta go on a little rant. I gotta go on a little rant. Gonna rant mode a little bit. Brett Favre and Dick Ramville speaking negatively on Deshaun Watson. I'm sick of it. Saying, oh, I think he makes too much money to have an opinion. This is Brett Favre I'm mocking. He makes too much. We make too much money to have an opinion. I'm not saying shut up and play, but man, mm. and Dick Vermeil basically calling him a spoiled brat or whatever. 
this is this is I'm getting sick and tired of these old fart retired players and coaches speaking on players money player situations Dick Vermeil, you wouldn't be nothing without Kurt Warner and if I'm wrong I'm sorry now stick to your couch eating potato eating self Dick Vermeil. Stay out of Deshaun Watson. Obviously, you haven't watched, watched what Deshaun Watson have done in the community, has done for the team. You're going speak to speak to that for a player that rode on a bus with a punctured lung and played in a game? Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't care. Great coach. Probably no more football to me, but that's disgusting. A disgusting logic to say he's young, he's immature, he's a, being a crybaby. And Brett Favre, you sit there in Mississippi, wherever you're at in this state, and focus on your on your uh, copper fit clothing, Lee jeans, Lee and Wrangler jeans commercials. Focus on that. You make too much money to speak on that. Speak on that situation. You retired 10 times. You held the Green Bay Packers hostage, and I think the Jets. Please don't speak on Deshaun Watson. You are obviously not the person to speak on that. You are hypocritical. On to my next topic. I just had to get that off my chest. I'm getting these old farts are are irritating my soul. Just drink your Budweiser, sit on your couch, and focus on you. But a second topic, Conor McGregor's future. And I want to thank you, Kari and McKee, for submitting these topics, man. Really appreciate you guys listening. And I hope I uh, give you guys the question answers to your question right. Now, second topic. Conor McGregor's future. If you haven't noticed, Conor McGregor fought Dustin Poirier on January 23rd. Then the stunner Poirier knocked out Conor in the second round. Poirier punished Poirier punished Conor's legs and body with kicks and taking him to the ground and grappling. Now, guys, if I'm incorrect on this, I'm not the biggest UFC guy, but I, I mean, this is it's shocking, bro. It really is. But Connor's Connor's body did not hold up because it was a lack of training to focus to me. I read he just started training a couple months ago. He wasn't really in shape, I would say. Or he what really Khabib said he was he's fighting guys that weren't really a uh, ample competition. That's it was a shock because I didn't really I thought Connor McGregor was training this whole time and he just was going ghost, but he actually wasn't training for that, I would say, or wasn't fighting. Because I, li- I listened to a lot of UFC experts and they were just like, Conor McGregor hasn't been fighting and you have to fight in the UFC to like stay dominant or stay relevant, really just stay dominant. That's, oof. It's, I think with fighters, you have to, once you take that major loss, it kind of shows me, I don't think you can go down the same road. Because I kind of, when I saw that, saw Connor get knocked out by Khabib and and Dustin Poirier, I just think of Ronda Rousey. <laughs> no disrespect, she's one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time, and Connor as well. If I'm, hope I'm not stepping on any toes, but they they're great. But I'm gonna answer the question. The question was, what do you, what do I think will happen to Conor McGregor now? Like I said, I think it's just it's starting his fall from grace. He's made a hundred over a hundred million dollars from fighting, and I don't know if he really wants it anymore. I don't want to get punched for ten dollars, let alone if I made a hundred million dollars and I'm 
and I'm sitting in the bank with my robe on mansion. You know, I'll be chilling. I'll retire. And that the fight showed me a lot because he didn't really. I don't think he believed. He just believed he could just do the minimum and beat Dustin Poirier because even they fought before and Conor won. But this is a different Dustin Poirier and a different Conor McGregor now. Conor McGregor has to show me he's still that junkyard dog from Ireland. He still has that hunger. He still has that that, uh, that knock you out. The the train every day, run every day, stay off social media, not take pot shots at pot shots at guys. Just you know, you still have that come up. You still have them staying in that apartment with your with your girlfriend, now your wife, or bingo on welfare, fighting coming all the way up to fight in UFC to become the UFC's biggest star. Do you still have that dog in you? Because the the, the fighters you're fighting now, the underrated fighters or the no-name guys you think are in your head, they're coming for your crown. They're coming to knock you out every fight. He has to show you, he has to show me that dog. And I think that's this is starting that, starting the fall. Because after that fight, it didn't look well for Conor McGregor. He needed a crutch to walk. I don't, I don't like seeing that. I mean, I don't... Ugh. Finding a UCL cake, some guts, but needed a crutch. I mean, I know he was killing your legs, but he needed a crutch to walk. We're talking about Conor McGregor. Not CM Punk. But he has to put more into it. He has to he has to take it seriously. And that ne- the next fight, whoever he takes, he has to take seriously. Conor McGregor, take them seriously. Train train how you trained before please I don't want to see you get knocked out again because like I I heard someone say Conor McGregor's not gonna get any more title fights he has to fight his way back up like you're not just gonna sit and wait for the best guy or wait for this guy to come and fight no you have to work your way back up you have to prove you're the best fighter in the world you have to prove that to Dana prove that to UFC prove it to the fans now, I know that topic went pretty quick. That's all that's that's all I have for McGregor. And this is we move on to the next. Oh crap. Nope, nope, nope. I'm tripping. Now we move on to the next topic. This is kind of our last topic of the day. We have some NBA news. I'm gonna hit y'all with my rookie reports. Rookie report card. LaMelo Ball is shining, dog. He is shining. He's averaging 14 points per game, six rebounds, six assists. He's looking like the rookie of the year. He's energizing the Charlotte Hornets. He's energizing them, giving them um, giving them good energy, playing great basketball alongside Gordon Hayward and T- Scary Terry, Terry Rozier. They are hooping. I mean, they aren't really winning that many games because they need, obviously, more talent. But they are interesting to watch. I enjoy seeing them Lamella Ball highlights. He's hitting threes, man. He's hitting threes. Getting rebounds, getting steals, playing savvy. I think he's not. I think he's now starting to start. So that's good. He's not lo- no longer coming off the bench. I think last week he dropped thirty-seven, hitting like six, six or eight threes. Couldn't miss. I I told you. I really said in the in my earlier episodes with with discussing Lamelo Ball. If he gets his offensive game together, like he can hit threes. And he can just be decent on defense. He's gonna be a great player. I want to go. I want to go ahead and say a star, but he's gonna be a great player because he, the eyes, the vision, the passing, the ability, his length. That's that's creating a star point guard. He's just a bigger Chris Paul with 
the lack when Chris Paul's lack of shooting ability. When well, Chris Paul not having a lack of shooting ability, if I said that right. <laughs> but in our rookie report, we're going next to Tyrese Halliburton. He is a close number two to Lamelo for the rookie of the year. He is averaging 12 points, five assists, and three rebounds. Now he is still coming off the bench for the Kings, but I really, really want him to start alongside De'Aaron Fox. I really do. I really I just want to see that combination that was that John Wall, maybe Bradley Beal type <laughs> combination. I'm not saying Tyrese Halliburton is gonna be Bradley Beal, but get you. De'Aaron Fox is that John Wall type player. Go to the hole. That'll be that'll be deadly unless you got some good defending guards. That's deadly. But obviously, hopefully he can work his way up to work his way up in the lineup. I know he's probably getting more points, but he's pro- providing a really good depth role off that bench. Playing well, coming off the bench, hitting threes, moving the offense. Now, I ain't going to tell you that I watch Kings basketball because it's Kings basketball. But like I see the highlights of De'Aaron, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, they're playing well. Now, what's, what's that guy? I forgot. Mm, forget him. He should start. He should be in the number two row for the Kings because what do you have to lose? Please tell me that. What do you have to lose? Now, Anthony Davis being hurt will lead to, when he leave the Lakers needing depth until the All-Star break. LeBron will have to man the ship. Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell need to step up greatly because they have no bigs. They really have no bigs after that. Marcus Gasol is old. He's going to eventually need a rest, and Montrez Harrell and Kuzma are going to be the forwards and slash center. Well, Kuzma the four, and Montrez Harrell the four slash center coming off the bench. And that's really going to expose the need for the Lakers of a, another center. I didn't like the fact that they lost Dwight Howard and traded JaVale McGee in the offseason. I, I felt they were like at least keeping one of those guys, and it's kind of showing now with the injury to Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis really doesn't like to play the the five, but now that he's hurt, you're only going to have Marcus Gasol there as a true five, and and Montrez Harrell is a defensive liability. In our next topic, we have Carl Anthony Towns is returning from COVID-19, and his story is scary, man. He really struggled with COVID-19. He's been gone for probably about, I think, three weeks now, and he has really struggled in this pandemic, and his family has been wrecked by this disease with with a lot of loss to his mom. I think his uncles and aunties. It's really, my heart goes out to Carl Anthony Towns. I really hope he gets the, the mental health and and what's more important, what is most important is mental and physical health. Just being healthy and it's it's really has torn him up. I just hope he's okay because I don't think a, a lot of Americans really think or understand like what it what this disease is doing. He's an NBA player and he's gotten. He's high risk and he's getting infected, getting infected and getting big symptoms or getting terrible symptoms. Now, I just like just look at Carl Anthony's story and and what he's went through this year and tell me that wearing a mask and doing the precautions is not important. Because these guys are human like us, and these guys go through everything. Even if they're making millions of dollars, they they still go through things. 
Now, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond are being sat down by their teams to look for trade, to look for trade partners. Now, I know I saw last night Draymond Green rip this idea because it's kind of a hypocritical double standard for players. Players can't publicly re- request a trade, as a la Anthony Davis getting fined hundred thousand dollars. Players can call to cancer like James Harden for wanting a trade, even though we know he was hot dogging it for those last couple games. One last couple games wanting to be traded. But I agree with Draymond Green because he players need to have those same rules like like the organizations. Organizations can just say, hey, we're trading a guy. Oh, we're going to sit him down and we're looking for a trade partner. Why are they not getting fined? I mean, you're openly sitting to former star players and during primetime games, you should be fined. Or you should, it, should, it, should be, it shouldn't be a double standard on that. Players should be freely, freely to talk about whatever they want. Well, not whatever they want. Just, hey, I want to trade or hey, do this. Teams do it all the time. That's personally for me. Now, I agree. I think Draymond Green really hit everything on the head because teams can teams can do whatever they want or say, say whatever they want or sit guys and there's no like repercussion. Now, that was my last topic of the day, guys. I just want to say I have a lot of things coming out, coming. Like, I'm, try, I'm trying to get some couple interviews in the coming, in either next week or in two weeks. I want to get you guys a mock draft. All my people that like the NFL or have a favorite team, you can see what me and my brother guess, uh, not guess, but kind of predict that their team will take in the NFL draft coming in April. And I just want to hear what you guys want to see, your suggestions, your uh, topics you want to see. Just let me know. And just let me know on my social media, at, um, on Instagram, underscore Harris Huddle. And at Twitter, on Twitter, it's at Huddle Harris. Just hit me up on the, those two things, those social medias. I post polls, post suggestions on what you, what you guys want to hear. I just want to say thank you guys for listening to this 15th this 15th episode, latest episode of Harris Huddle. I am your host, Jalen Harris, and we are out.